is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Uh, uh, uh. Check it, you are now tuned in to Fish at the Water, where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor. Tweety and Jeremiah mix it up like honor farmers, making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars. This is Fish at Water. This is Fish at Water. Hey guys, welcome to Fish Out of Water. Uh, I'm Ryan. And I'm Jeremiah. And today we have, um, uh, good adjective, good adjective, the best guest we've ever had. Whoa! I know, right? The, wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the king of guests today. Wow. Um, you might be so let down. <laughs> <laughs> you might know him from boat comedy around UCB New York, UCB LA. Um, those are all the UCBs. Anywhere else we might know you, the internet. He teaches. The internet, the internet he teaches at UCB. He teaches mm-hmm. a teacher at UCB. Yeah. Um, from the team boat, Amos Vernon. Yeah. Hi. Hello, everyone. You were expecting someone better. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thank you for having good. me. Good. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Amos was my 301 teacher mm-hmm. at UCB. Mm-hmm. Sketch 301. Sketch 301, yeah. Yep. yep. And he's also, um, I was on an improv team with his wife for a while, or wife, girlfriend for a while. Hi, Whoa. Allison. Hey, no Allison. <laughs> um, yeah. It's and, official now. Tweety yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Get it so done. So he's also an improviser. Mm-hmm. We played mm-hmm. with him a few times. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, man. Thanks for being on here. Thank great. you for having me. Yeah. And I just want to finish the conversation we were just having before we decided to record it. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know anything about this. So fill okay. me in and it'll okay. fill other great. people in. Okay. okay. Yeah. So my first question I have asked on every episode so far is how do you generate ideas? Mm-hmm. The last sketch you guys put on the internet was called something to the effect of how boat generates ideas. Yeah, like how we come up with our sketch ideas. Right. Yeah. And it I'll let you go ahead and explain the sketch a little bit so it makes sense. Oh man, this is a sketch I would not give it as an example in a sketch class for how to write a sketch. Um Okay, so the sketch, god, to describe the sketch, like even the process of how we came up with the sketch, this thing is so meta. It's like up <laughs> it's in its own so asshole. Meta. Yeah. Uh, and I hate meta usually. Like I'm not a yeah. big fan of meta, but I yeah. love this sketch And so we much. really veer away, but this one, so it starts, I don't even know how. This sketch came about in many, many random ways, and then we kept laughing at it, and we're just like, fuck it, we'll make it <laughs> just for ourselves. It's uh, So it starts as like a sketch. It looks like a drug deal, and there are these two guys going to buy – turns out that they're going to buy a sketch premise because they're like itching for a good idea and then the drug dealer <laughs> so that yeah and so they like need a good idea they're out of ideas um which is very meta already and the drug dealer or the sketch dealer premise dealer it's originally what it was called uh he, he says okay here's your idea and they're like what's the idea and they realize oh they're inside the idea the idea is that <laughs> two guys go to buy a sketch premise and they're like oh wow and then uh, – but the guy – they don't have any money, so the guy won't tell them how the premise plays out or, like, he won't even give them a black outline. Mm-hmm. And so they, like, leave shorthanded trying to figure out how to end the sketch from within the sketch. Um, uh, then we cut to uh, – End up on a beach? Maybe? Oh, they cut to a girl <laughs> watching this sketch on YouTube. And being like, man, these guys have really jumped the shark much. <laughs> Click dislike – and then we cut, and then she hears us, a voiceover of us brainstorming a sketch idea, and cut out to three guys sitting on a couch brainstorming the sketch we've just seen, um, and then not being able to come up with anything, taking a break at the beach, and then having like a 
three fucking minute montage of self-discovery at the beach. It's just no words, right? Yeah, there's like, no words except for this is real. We are now. <laughs> like we're alive. It's a very like Levi's ad kind of moment. Mm -hmm. And then it ends with us deciding we should end the sketch with a dildo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. After many you, many layers to there this, are too many uh, layers. Well, yeah. like, there's like one line like somewhere in the b beginning that gets buried about like we could end with the dildo, and they're but like, like no, nah, we always end with a dildo. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is my other one of my other favorite uh, boat sketches, which was the gun dildos. Oh yeah, we've man, we've really. I don't think anyone's done a, a more dildo centric sketch than that sketch of oh, ours. It was just three guys on stage shaking dildos. Yeah, but <laughs> you might be forgetting the truly horrific setup to the sketch. Which is someone uh, uh, planning a school shooting uh, because he's been bullied too much, <laughs> and then out of his backpack pulls a dildo and doesn't understand that it's not a gun. <laughs> uh, and so the audience's balls go up into their throats for 30 seconds where they think this is going to be a school shooting scare. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, uh, oh, God. I really love both. And then we yeah. wag around a bunch of dildos. Yeah. When you're a master of the craft, you can, <laughs> you can do this yeah. kind of stuff. There was a string where we – it was in a – a run we were doing in New York and we kept like there were America guys there were so many school shootings every mm -hmm. week we'd be like I don't know if we can do this sketch mm -hmm. and we always just did it and the gasp the the, the sigh of relief the audience would emit <laughs> once it was a dildo with, or not a sigh that was like just like oh thank god <laughs> yeah. yeah that was those are yeah. fun man those are fun shows it's fun to play on the fears of the audience. Yeah, I don't recommend it. Uh, well, and it's yeah. weird because, like, I see I watch a lot of, like, mod teams and a lot of like, – me and Jeremiah are both on sketch teams at I.O. Mm -hmm. And I watch a lot of um, sketch teams there and then mod, te mod teams at, at UCB. And Boat is very different than I would say – well, one, there's only three of you, which yep. is a yep. huge difference. Mm -hmm. And every show I see, I feel like you guys are all dressed exactly the same. Yeah. Is that by a, design? That's our thing. Yeah, it's definitely not an accident. <laughs> yeah, that all started our first. We've gone through th three generations of outfits. Our first one were white pants, white shoes, and like a blue little like short sleeve shirt. We kind of look like ice cream men or like little sailor boys. Okay. Um, and we liked that that aesthetic made us look like little innocent boys. Then we just have truly vile material. <laughs> so that was a funny juxtaposition. And then we had the idea that, oh, it's fun to treat ourselves like uh, like a band, like the Beatles would change their outfits as they go through. You know, they have like in the 70s, who now they have mustaches and Sgt. Peppers and stuff, or that was in the 70s. But uh, so our next outfit, we had like black shorts and a red shirt, and we kind of looked kind of Hitler youthy, we realized in retrospect. <laughs> and our third outfits are mustard yellow pants and like these cool surfer shirts. I say cool. Very loosely, <laughs> yeah. So we do matching outfits. Yeah, that's great. Um, so what what do you think is this? Like, I don't even know how to ask this question, but what is the secret to the boat thing? Like, it's so. Oh yeah. Like, how do you how do you? Because it's very hard to get a show, especially at UCB. How? What's kind of the secret to like? How long have you guys known each other? Like that kind of stuff. So we met in college, um, but we're not a sketch group. Then we all did improv in college. Um, and we're like acquaintances and then all moved to New York separately, like not knowing the others would be moving there. And we were the only people who knew each other. This is like six years ago. Um, and we were like, oh, let's f form an improv 
group and we sort of were doing improv and we started writing and then we got into this festival in North Carolina by lying and saying that we had done shows before we hadn't. <laughs> and so we quickly wrote a show for that and then we did a bunch of really just tons of poorly attended bad shows in New York for like a year and a half until we pitched a show to UCB and at that point we had a bunch of good sketches because we'd been doing it for a while and got to run at UCB uh, so that's how we got into UCB um but wait, so how do we – what was the question? Yeah, that, how do I mean, we come up with ideas? Yeah, like – well, no, the, that, no, the question was just kind of how – like what this – how you guys how sort of came to be. Came yeah. To be, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it came to be really our main driving factor is that we all have a big uh, inferiority complex and chip on our shoulder because <laughs> we always uh, – we felt – before we started doing stuff at UCB, we felt like, ugh, UCB doesn't want us. UCB – UCB. Like so every comedian. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's kind of an imagined hierarchy. You like imagine the cool kids don't want you and they think they're not cool kids. And, right. Uh, so we, once we finally got a show there, it did help that we had like an hour of polished material. So we hit the ground running and it was kind of like, whoa, who are these random – who's this group? Um, and that show, our first show went a long – like a year run um, of the same half hour for a year. Um, Did you guys ever just try to like get so bored doing it that you just like fuck with each other? We would start fucking with each other, but it was the same material. Uh, and then right when that ended, we had a, another – we pitched another show. So we picked up a new run like two weeks later. Oh, just wow. Newsday. So we just – um, kept kept the momentum going. So we did two long ass runs in New York, and then once we moved out here, it felt like fuck. We're at the bottom of the barrel or the bottom of the mountain. Um, still kind of feel it doesn't really feel that way, but it feels like it was like in. I knew everyone at UCB New York. Now in LA, it's like oh, I got to get to know people. That's Even though I've been here for two years well, now, and you're a teacher too, so I feel like you've probably got a lot of people coming. But there are maybe like more beginner people than like the the Beth Appels of the world. The Beth Appels of the <laughs> um coming to shows no i'm saying because okay. you're well you're well they come to shows for because mm. you get the students get the free yeah yeah but also just because you teach them you know you're yeah meeting. that's true this is true i can i get that little bump where i can plug my own show in class which is pretty what, great what every teacher <laughs> teaches for that's why we yeah. do this the end yeah. of class plus get 10 more people at my show <laughs> um yeah so that's how we started and then how long were you in New York for? Four years. Okay. I lived there for – Boat existed there for four years, I think. Lived there for like five years. Okay. Yeah. Do you like the L.A. better? Uh, different. I like them both. I like them both. I, I miss I miss performing in New York. Yeah. Um. I don't know why, though. Do you think the audiences are different? Like, do you think yes. that maybe a, a sketch that would hit in New York or in L.A. or, you know, wouldn't yeah. hit in the other? On the whole, uh, I think good comedy, like good tried-and-true stuff is will hit anywhere. But I, L.A. audiences are way more squeamish okay. in terms of blue material or, like, offensive material. Uh, they can get on board with it. They're not, like, prudes, but... Uh, I mean, I shouldn't it. be doing 9-11 jokes anywhere, but to give an example, we had, like, in in New York of all places, <laughs> in L.A., we did a hosting bit where there, uh, the joke was the differences between New York and L.A., and we're like, the pizza's different, the blah, blah, blah. And in New York, like, there was a giant terrorist attack, <laughs> and the audience was like, <gasps> do not 
mention that. I've seen so many 9-11 sketches get just not like, yeah, they're, it's they're like, hilarious, but mm-hmm. they get, yeah, it's, they uh, get no love. Well, yeah. yeah, LA, LA is a little more, this isn't a, even a knock against, it's like some stuff should be offensive, but right. they're very much on the whole, the crowds are more hesitant to embrace uh, like fucked up stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a guy do stand up once at the improv and he was doing a lot of New York based stuff mm-hmm. and he goes, Well, this usually kills in New York <laughs> oh, man. And it was all like but the thing was it wasn't blue material, it was all like directional material like like I so I took the subway chain on the stuff. And so it was kind of one of those things like, well, you maybe could have known that. Yeah. yeah. I'm just a bad comedian. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Read the room that a little bit. That was Jerry like... Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. And then he went on to rule the comedy world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now I guess we'll just go ahead and a- ask the famous question. Oh, boy. What does Amos Vernon do to kind of generate material? I mean, like, mm. if I were to say to you, you know, next week I need 10 sketches and I'm going to pay you for them. Um, and they have to be brand new. Mm-hmm. What would like? What's kind of a way that you would go about? Generating? Don't get suckered into that. I've given him sketches. And he's never <laughs> yeah, ten sketches. Uh, ten like topical sketches or just about whatever. Just whatever. Yeah. Ooh, I pretty much come up with a lot of setups. Like I really like. I think Boat does this too. We like thinking of tropes and mm. genres or famous scenes or like. Uh, setups and then like the first joke is often all I will think of. Like an example, this is not a, an example of a sketch, but I'll be like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this? Uh, there are a billion sketches with the setup, but like, oh, a doctor came in with a diagnosis and then said, and it was something else. Um, that's not a good example. Right. But I'll come up with like this setup or like, uh, like I just saw Arrival. So I was thinking of a lot of Arrival type sketches right. that I could never do for production reasons. Right. Um. But, like, I really like messing with genre or just existing scenes. Um, so, like, yeah, that scene and Arrival. She goes and meets the aliens. There's, like, so many things you could <laughs> that could be surprising that could happen there. Um, so I like thinking about setups. And then I like thinking about – what else do I like thinking about? How do I come up with ideas? I really uh, like the word you use, surprise – like, Thinking of the thing that would be surprising. Yeah. Because I think that a lot of, like, I know that, like, for me, I can't speak for other people, but for me specifically, a lot of times I'm trying to think of, like, what would be funny or mm-hmm. what what would be the game, you know? But, like, what would be surprising is a maybe a kind of a more specific way to think of the same question. Yeah. Yeah. I very rarely think of a game, like, intellectually, like, I want this to be the game before I write a sketch. Mm-hmm. Usually I think of, like, a first joke that makes me laugh really hard. Yeah. And then I kind of back engineer to be like, okay, is this possible to write to, something around to, to yeah. expand this? Or is this just a blackout sketch? Right. Um, so I have a graveyard of one joke ideas oh. <laughs> that never turn into anything. Um, I think some of Boat's best sketches or my favorite sketches are ones that sat around for a long time being like, this cannot be expanded beyond this first joke. And then we would like figure it out. Um, months later, because then it means that like no one in the audience is going to see it coming. Right. Um, yeah. I actually pitched one of those something like that similar to you in class, 
and we both decided in class that I should never try it again. <laughs> Do you, it was the oh, one no. about the. Oh, um, God. Oh, it no. was the one about the straight man Uh-oh. trying to straight man. Oh, straight man in the comedy it, sense. Like, yeah, straight. Yeah, straight man in the comedy sense. Like a straight man intervention. Oh yeah, this is a sketch that would only work at like, uh, the, an improv convention where everyone there yeah. like knew the like got the ter- bit before it yeah. started. It was a very a highly conceptual idea <laughs> being explored on stage yeah yeah and i've pitched that so many times to so many different teachers and teams and it always comes up with the same thing like let's not worry about this right now <laughs> yeah tweety likes to really hold on to his stuff yeah and um just by knowing you yeah. tweety doesn't like to kill his babies as, as the saying goes he wants he wants to find someone that just gives him that that green light. I pitched the, the same character monologue for almost two years, and it finally got put in a show. Yes. And I was so proud, and then it bombed. <laughs> yeah, see? So he yeah. doesn't learn his lesson either. Well, I mean, it could be something like the straight man sketch, like that that video that Boat did that you liked. The, the original idea for that video was just that first scene of the drug deal, and we all had the feeling of like... It's kind of it's meta and not laugh out loud funny. What do we even do with that? <laughs> and so we sat on that, and then uh, I'm glad we didn't just do that part because then it generated everything else. Um, yeah, sometimes a way to stay ahead of the audience is to think of how an audience, like if people react to your straight man idea, like. Uh, that seems very specific. Or yeah. Like, is to incorporate that point of view into the sketch to try and stay ahead of, you know, if you can anticipate what the audience is going to think, you can call it out and move beyond it. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know. Yeah. So that, it, it, as in our reaction to our premise dealer idea was like, I don't know, is that meta? Like, how do we even end that? And then we literally put that conversation into the sketch. And, oh, that's interesting. Um, Like, that conversation in the sketch is basically verbatim real life what went down oh, uh, and so then we were great. like yeah someone would just watch this online and be like they've gone up their own ass no one will like this yeah and then we put that in the sketch not that it makes it good <laughs> but it, i mean i mean it, i think if you like that kind of thing like for some reason it just tickled me right like it there's nice. some of those sketches that do that yeah like yeah you know what i'm saying me. then there's yeah. some that i've i've seen other sketches that like at full disclosure matt foley I want uh, the, not a big fan of that sketch. Never have been. There you go. You're allowed. It's just one of those things, you know. Yeah. 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 I like I like that sketch. Yeah, everybody likes that sketch. I yeah, think I it's like it. the most famous sketch of all time. I don't know. Well, I think I, know, I think that sketch without Chris Farley is it? Of course, yeah. is like a mod night B side. Is that a horrible thing I just said? No, I mean it's one of those. It's on record now. Unless, so. unless B side is like a team I don't know. And no, you no, no. I mean, I just team. mean like it's one you're like, all right. It's yeah. It's yeah, fine. I, don't, I think the 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 legacy of Chris Farley adds to that. It adds to it. Lord's well. Performance is very funny. Yeah, it's a good yeah. sketch. It's a good sketch. Yeah, but and, it's, uh, and also it's in the a lot of sketches I think from the nineties. Maybe I'm wrong. You're the you're the teacher. Mm-hmm. Maybe the uh, a lot of the sketches sketch comedy has evolved. And, oh yeah, and yeah, writing yeah. back then just wasn't like if you we were watching In Living Color with Carl Tart like yeah. the thing you brought in, mm-hmm. and I remember being a kid and it was like oh. This yeah, is the best. Yeah. And then we watch, we're like, wait, there's like literally no games or punchlines in yeah. anything. Yeah. It was just a bunch of guys like, well, this is funny. It was probably from long this too. funny. Really, long. really long. Yeah. yeah. Like and six like minutes. throwaway jokes that nobody gets. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I like what you were saying, though, about, well, talking about creating ideas, about, like, looking at material and trying to, like, you know, pull it from a different angle or, like, what could happen, all the potential things mm-hmm. that could happen. I like to do that with, like, stories. Mm-hmm. Or, like, one of the first sketches I ever wrote for Dad Jeans was Rap- the story of Rapunzel. I was reading my mm. my niece Rapunzel, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is a fucking ridiculous story. Like, yeah. the dad trades in his daughter for some Rapunzel leaves and so like that's what it is like man i don't remember that i don't yeah. remember that at all yeah I the hair yeah, yeah. well rapunzel is a, a girl named after these leaves that okay go read the go read the yeah it's so ridiculous and i was like man we should question that so like questioning things yeah is yeah is a, a lot know? of looking at things being like, why is this stupid? Why does this annoy me? Yeah, I'd look at the world that way. <laughs> I'm a curmudgeon, but yeah, always looking for uh, illogic Which in is the world. Funny because if anybody that knows Amos kind of knows that you're the opposite of a curmudgeon, I just keep it buried in a piece of coal in my heart. <laughs> in your heart, all the time. It's deep inside. <laughs> yeah. When you're when you're um looking at sketches like for like one oh like I don't know mm-hmm. you, do you mm-hmm. only teach like the three hundred ones? ones and three hundred ones right now three ones I've done one hundred ones but I mean a lot of times maybe those guys have only written five or six sketches oh yeah know? yeah like the difference between one hundred one and two hundred one it's not huge what about two hundred one and three hundred one does it or also it, not it's not huge like some real basic mistakes get erased but. Uh, and people take notes better as they go on because they like yeah. have internalized kind of the vocab a little bit. Um, but you can get people in 301 that you're like, have you written a sketch before? Um, and you get people in 101 who I'm like uncomfortable to note because they're so funny. Oh, that's, <laughs> like, wow. Oh, shit. That's yeah. great. Um, when you're looking at those sketches and mm-hmm. stuff, what are like some basic things that you like notice like immediately like oh this is clearly someone that doesn't that is new to this like what are some of the real basic errors people make the flags for someone being new to something Mm -hmm. new to it um they wrote it in word yeah (laughs) they wrote it in word (laughs) um i think lack of complete lack of clarity like if i just can't follow what's going on um i think having people not talk like people like when they're when when characters are still named like mr mcgillicuddy and jenkins and just like real hammy things that don't exist i'm always like this is this first sketch you've written (laughs) um uh yeah people not talking like people um it's hard to say because there are people who've written a ton of sketches that still their biggest thing is they have a really funny idea in their head and once they say it out loud it's like damn that's such a funny idea but on the page it's just a mess and I can't even like no I can't tell like what is going on or what they think is funny Mm -hmm. so I think the better people get it gets more clear it's a lot of it's like they combine multiple funny ideas multiple funny ideas or it's just like they don't, and you can see this in improv too. It's like you're—they don't do the work to like make the idea clear to a fresh eyes. Right. It's like you have to set up this, or or they'll say in stage descriptions a lot of stuff. Like we open on uh, President Kennedy and a caveman 
in the top of the World Trade Center. And then they just start talking. And I'm like, nowhere in the dialogue does it is does it cue the audience into like any of this. Oh, right. And so it's clear they've never, ever had a sketch performed. So I know they're right. new there because uh, the only times they've had s- sketches experienced by anyone else, they've read it. And so, uh, yeah, you get better at understanding how to put info in dialogue because that's all the audience can, you know, gets. Right. Yeah. What else? Uh, Big hmm. girthy monologues from each character. Yeah, long monologues. <laughs> long monologues. Like weird side jokes. And like, I mean, every rule is made to be broken. Once you once you can, you know, once you get the rules, you can break them. Um, like there's a way to do fun little side jokes. But when I can tell people cannot resist them um, or people who don't take jokes out after it, no one laughs at them the first time. I'm like, you're hanging on to that. You're not taking the note of the world that this isn't funny. Um, I'm Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah just pointed at me. Uh, but we all do that. Yeah. Uh, that's not necessarily a beginner thing. That's a human. <laughs> yeah. You can't. You got to stick with it. Yeah, you got to stick with it. Frat boys are always funny, guys. Oh, Jesus. Every sketch <laughs> needs a frat boy. Needs a frat boy. Trope. Yep. I have a question. You, um, since you write a lot of your own sketches mm-hmm. and your own material do you write um uh well probably because you're so familiar with the, your other buddies and, mm-hmm. and both that you write for their voice as well did you do you find that writing for someone else also helps you write um just in mm-hmm. general like if you can speak through their point of view or their voice then it just improves you as a writer yes i would say 100 percent, it does help but oddly enough in both it's rare. We have certain sketches that have been specifically written for someone, but we're like, we do, we don't do a ton of character stuff. I mean, we certainly have some, but often we just, we're very premise based or we'll write, um, we'll cast like after the fact. We'll have a, a funny sketch and be like, okay, who plays what? Um, so we're kind of, I'll often write a big, character for mike who's one of the guys in our group mike is the guy with the glasses mike uh we got we got nunzio who's tall italian mike who's uh glasses half asian and me who's like uh uh j crew probably was in a frat but wasn't (laughs) um uh those are our we're we're three very different like types i get it Um, that's why tweety that's why you're here, and that's why Tweety loves you so much. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. It. You didn't hear that because you were looking at Dude, me. I can't get everything in my so – I don't know. I think the audience can hear it, but everything in my room just keeps beeping at me, and I keep looking, and then I somehow miss the last thing. I'm like, oh, I wish weird. I could make it all stop, but I can't. Um, don't worry. It was a throwaway. But yeah. Oh, yeah, but the question was writing for people. Yeah, I think it – If like on a mod team, I don't know how like weird insidery specific you can get, but like that's a – environment where you really are writing for people specifically a lot of real character heavy sketches and writing for people's strengths because that also just helps um uh it helps get your stuff made or in the show you know and like snl um from the people <laughs> people i know that work there <laughs> um it seems very beneficial to like write sp- specifically for people because that will get your stuff on air. Mm-hmm. 
uh, as opposed to just writing like an interesting idea I had that could right. be for anyone. Yeah. Do you guys, when you write for Boat, is it a lot of um, like all of you sort of writing one or do you bring in a sketch, everybody notes it, you come back, rewrite it, bring it back in? Uh, it's uh, more of the latter. Usually someone will bring in an idea and then someone always writes the first draft like one person we very rarely like write a sketch together when we started we tried to do that it's hard it's, it's yeah. impossible to go like word by word uh so someone write a sketch we'll all note the fuck out of it tear it apart um it's brutal it's brutal mm. in the trenches of boat is it uh, hard is it hard sometimes to know it, oh each yeah, other? yeah 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 we'll get like real i think it's why when we come up with a sketch that we all like we know it will work we're we have a very high level of confidence that this sketch will work because we have very different tastes comedically. But the the Venn diagram, like the meeting point, um, we, we know that a lot of people like it. So, yeah, someone write the first draft. We'll note it. And then often, like, someone else will do the second draft. Oh, interesting. Uh, it kind of gets passed around. Or, That's uh, cool. Um, yeah. But it's a real mixed bag. Often, like, I'll bring in one, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Someone else fucking write the second draft. And it's like a relief that someone else will do it. Or people just give notes, and, you know, I'll go back and write a draft myself. Um, or with something like, we had some sketches that we filmed, like that Premise Dealer one. Uh, we only had that first scene written out, and then none of the rest was ever written down. Like, there was never a script. It was us sitting in a room being like what do we do? <laughs> and then just kind of writing out the beats we wanted to film. That's funny. Yeah, that was weird. I like this. Uh, we should do this. I should write a sketch. Then you'd take the second draft. That'd be great. I think it's great. Just because it kind of sees, like it shows kind of where you would take it. Mm -hmm. Well, you we know? do that. We do that a lot in um, like UCB classes where though I don't, it's not quite the same. It's more like one person writes the first page. page they do it. And then someone yeah. finishes it. I would love to do more of that in classes. It's a little funky because in classes, like if you're in a sketch group with someone, there's – I get why you'd want to do that. But like in classes, people can be very protective of their ideas because right. some people are really new and they've only written like five sketches in their life. And so to give away their sixth sketch is like a very big right. deal and hard for them to do. And so people are pretty hesitant about that sometimes. Um, but I think it would be very helpful. It's a good exercise. It's yeah. like the exercise you do where it's like game on the first page. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. First page. It's like my favorite thing it, in it, class. It, I love. It's funny because like when we're doing stuff in class, I feel like these ideas work so well. It's some of the best stuff I've writ written, especially when I was – first starting mm -hmm. was stuff that I'd write in class where we'd have to rework it from a specific assignment because it was like it forces you to sort of follow yeah, the yeah, formula yeah. or whatever. But in real life, no one ever seems to really do that stuff. It's kind of refreshing here that Boat actually sort of does it. Yeah, yeah. We just – but we never – we don't do it because it's like we feel like we should or it's an exercise. Like in class, you do a lot of stuff that is purely for practice and an exercise that I would say outside of class you don't have to do. Right. Um, but yeah, we do it just because if one of us doesn't like something, it won't get made. So we just have to right. get everyone on board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and it kind of like with the the game on the first page, it gets rid of it forces you to like like forget all the fluff, you know, all the yeah. preamble and just get to it. Yeah. And I don't know how much of your sketches do that or like how hard and fast you follow that rule, but I don't uh, we don't follow it as like an arbitrary rule like ooh it's not on the first page but in general uh I think they they the first joke or game move would be on the first, I think is on the first page of right. ours just because I've done enough live shows to be like you got to get to that joke <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah people start to get antsy yeah, yeah. Um, where is the funny stuff guys yeah some of yeah. our early sketches one of our my favorite boat sketches I don't think the actual game comes out to like middle of two or later in page two and we just never changed it because i think it works so well but if i had written that sketch now it would be so different right but i don't know if it would be as good it's and weird you... how sometimes some of that stuff works and some yeah. doesn't you know yeah yeah hmm. Hmm. well hmm. we're at about 30 minutes or so in maybe we should do a little read do a little read yeah yeah and i i'm gonna i told you this already off air but i sort of want to premise why i chose the sketch so the sketch we're about to read is one I wrote called X-Man with an Elephant Trunk for a Dick. Mm, which, I wonder what this is about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I always literally name my sketches. That is good. Um, now, it's not something I would typically write. It's very different than what I usually would write. Um, it's a man shaped like an X. Yeah. So I got a note um, from Amos in my 301 class I had with him. About how I should uh, attempt to be more. Um, for I think I don't I don't know if this is the exact word you use, but it's the best way to describe it. More original with my premises, like reach down and try to find stuff that's less trodden territory and not rely so much on just what's in my brain, but more like actually trying to try harder. Basically, work, work <laughs> try harder. Don't yeah. be such a dumbass and try harder. Yeah, is the uh, stretch your brain a little bit. Yeah, okay. Um, Put some effort into it. And so one day, I was literally thinking about that note, ah. and I was like, "Man, I wonder what that would be." So I started flipping through random things that I had written down, and one of them was elephant trunk dick. I have no mm. idea how that ended up on a piece of paper. Is it a wish list? It's just yeah. It's, a, it's my Christmas list <laughs> oh, yeah. from night from 2015. Um, I would like an elephant trunk dick, uh, and he was like, "What? I don't know what that is." Mm. Um, so I made so I wrote that sketch. And that's what that sketch became. Um, All right, cool. and it's it's weird, but let's uh let's read, read it. All right, we can pull it up on the. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to read stage directions and guy. Jeremiah is going to read Wolverine and Bud. And um, being from North Carolina and all, it's only fitting that uh, Amos <laughs> reads Gambit. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's he's he from like... Louisiana. Oh, am I doing oh, okay. Gambit? I was told I was doing – oh, wait. Am I doing – Yeah, Gambit and Storm. Storm. Gambit and Storm. Yeah. Okay. He's a southern boy. I didn't know. Yeah, he's, I don't know. he's from Louisiana. Louisiana, you're right. Yeah. yeah. About that. Whatever. They're all the same, right? He has no mutant power. He's just southern. He's just... <laughs> yeah, he's just a southern. He just... What are you doing? <laughs> he just tosses aces around. <laughs> yeah. And has a bow staff. He's just real. He kills him with kindness. Yeah. I also know very little about the X-Men. I feel like that should be yeah. set up top. All right. Okay. Um, interior, superhero headquarters. Wolverine, Storm, and Gambit are standing at a war table looking at a map. X-Men, listen up. Magneto just attacked. Professor X has sent a new mutant to fight with us. What's his power? Can he read minds? Teleport? 
are his are his molecules made up of nuclear radiation that he can shoot from his fingers? Guy enters. He has an elephant trunk for a dick. No, this is Guy. He has an elephant trunk for a dick. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm ready to fight beside all of you. He's a great strategic mind. He can be a huge help to us. Okay, okay. Uh, but real, real quick, uh, explain how you got an elephant trunk for a dick. Come on, Gambit. That's an inappropriate question. No, it's fine. I was working at a zoo when Magneto attacked with his radiation gun. I must have had some elephant DNA on my dick, yada, yada, yada. We fought off Magneto, and here we are. Okay, great. Let's move on. Did you say you had elephant DNA on your dick? You don't get to yada, yada, yada that. Yeah, I was uh, I was shoveling elephant manure. I probably got some on my dick. Now, let's hurry up and figure out our plan of attack. Yes, let's do that. Okay. There are two bluffs here overlooking the river. We can sneak in there. Simple. I can breathe through my trunk. I'll use it as a snorkel. Perfect. Then we can have another team of mutants here and another one here. I can send tornadoes from this bluff and wipe out Magneto's forces here. I'm sorry, but can we go back real quick? Something doesn't add up. How would you get... Elephant shit on your dick from shoveling it. What are you trying to say? They get nose to nose. I think you're a fucking an elephant. You're balls deep in Dumbo and got shot with radiation. I'm not a goddamn elephant fucker, you son of a bitch. The guy rushes at Gambit and starts slamming him with his with his trunk dick. Uh, Wolverine and Storm rush to break it up. That's enough. Gambit, pull it together. Guy, get your ass over here and look at this map. Does anyone have any peanuts? What? Why? All this fighting made my trunk hungry. Storm pulls out some peanuts out of her pocket. I have some. Perfect. Uh, feed them to the trunk, please. I'm not putting peanuts in your thing. I can't think with a hungry elephant trunk dick. Do it yourself. For fuck's sake, I'll do it. Wolverine shoves a few peanuts in his trunk. Thank you. Okay, so over here uh, is a grove of trees with a clear vantage point, perfect to fire lasers from. The elephant trunk dick perks up. What's happening? He smells something. The trunk gets scared and pulls the guy up onto a chair. A mouse flies on stage. It's a goddamn mouse. Get it out of here. We, he won't come down until it's gone. Your circus dick is scared of a mouse? You've got to be kidding me. It's an elephant trunk dick, you motherfucker. Come down here and make me say it differently. Wolverine grabs the mouse and crushes it. Uh, the trunk calms down and guy climbs off the chair. Enough. No more fighting or we'll all die. You got it? And so does everyone else on the planet. Got it? Got it. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, there's a loud crash. The lights flicker, and a guy with a baby arm dick bursts onto stage. Guy immediately sees him and runs to him. They do a secret dick handshake. Who's this guy? It's my friend Bud. He has a baby arm for a dick. How'd you get your baby arm dick? Let me guess. You are playing patty cake and got shot in the dick with a radioactive bullet. No, I was having a threesome with a baby arm and a bucket of radioactive waste. You motherfucker. I'm blackout. I'm blackout. <laughs> Yeah, Woo. there you go. So that right. is how an X-Man with an elephant truck dick goes. Nice. So what do we do now? We just talk about it? Yeah, now we just talk. Like, like imagine I just read this to the class. Okay. And all everybody in the class is uh, com- <laughs> is sitting there in pure silence with their eyes wide uh, open. They're, they're, they're talking about the terrible X-Men references. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the nerd like, is like, uh, excuse uh, me, uh, actually, Magneto doesn't have a radiation gun. He yeah, uses... And it wouldn't be called superhero headquarters. It'd be called whatever that plane thing they're in. I don't know X-Men either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about X-Men. Um, first of all, I, I think it is very interesting that you... Th- in your brain, this is like the most out there sketch idea. Because I'm like, yeah, this is a sketch. It's like a base reality, one unusual thing. This is a sketch. 
Um, uh, it's funny to me because to me, like most of my sketches are like real people mm-hmm. in real, fairly normal situations, and then a weird thing happens. But I would yeah. never. It's not my style to write like anything about an elephant trunk dick. Like that's not. Got it. Does got that it, make got sense? It. Yeah. So I think. Um, I think you have a really funny premise, like guy mutant with an elephant trunk dick, certifiably funny. But then, <laughs> uh, this is a vague note I give a lot. It's like I think you're playing that game in a couple different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, is the game? Uh, I felt this when I was re- when we were reading. Yeah. It out loud. So like, one thing that's funny about an elephant trunk dick is that it's a totally useless superpower in compared to like these other people, right? So if that's a game, I don't think he needs to have fucked an elephant. I think it's just he got it for a normal way, and he's there. And because you say he's got a great strategic mind, which right. is very funny to me that, like, his powers have nothing to do with the elephant trunk dick. Right. So that could be one one game to play, you know. Uh, he's got an elephant trunk for dick. He's got a great strategic mind. Let's get down to it. <laughs> and people can't get over the fact that the elephant trunk dick has nothing to do with why he's there. It's like, why did you even bring it up in the first place? It's just who I <laughs> am. Yeah, like, why it's is what makes his... me a mutant. <laughs> why is but I also name? went to Harvard. And that's why I'm here. <laughs> oh, that's so, funny. So that okay. seems like one game to play. Or if the game is, like, guy who got his mutant powers from, like, something fucking despicable, <laughs> then I think... Um, uh, it would have to be like an actual useful power, like say it's he's elephant man and he's got he's like scaly elephant flesh and he's the strength of an elephant and he's like a badass like certifiably badass mutant. Um, but people can't get over the fact of how he got the powers. It's like <laughs> it doesn't matter. I just need to break this safe with my elephant power. <laughs> like, but you fucked an elephant. It's in the past. <laughs> so it seems like that would be a way to play it, right? But the fact that it's a weird thing that he also got in a weird way is kind of, feels kind of like juggling, right? Multiple two things. ideas and like the peanut thing. When I was writing, it felt funny, but then it became kind of like, yeah, it doesn't seem to fit in either. Like it fits a little bit in one, but not in both. Yeah, and then there's sort of like this third game of that, which is like. uh an elephant, a power that is uh, maybe useful, but is uh, kind of gets comes with all the hangups of, of an elephant. Right. Um, you know, like he's a badass. Ooh, but he's afraid of mice. He's a badass, but ooh, you have to hand feed him peanuts. <laughs> um, yeah, which to me is the least funny of the three. Yeah, so I think that one you could just ditch. Um. And I think you could write just two different sketches for, like, uh, someone who got a superpower in, like, a horrible way, but it's, like, a very good superpower. Um, or a guy with, like, he's, 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 he's there because he's technically a mutant and has an elephant trunk for a dick, <laughs> but he's, like, that's not even what his, he's needed for. Right. Um, seems... Very funny to me. Yeah, like, well, with X-Men, they don't obtain powers, typically. Like, yeah. they, they're they're genetically... Who's the nerd yeah. now? Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. like, like, X-Men, you're born with it yeah. because there's some genetic... Except for, I th- doesn't, didn't Wolverine get, like, Well, he changed? was still an X-Men, but then they turned him into, like, he got the adamate, adamantium. He was an X-Men before that? Yeah, he was, well, yeah. Oh, because he, he could heal fast He could heal fast. That's uh, his, that's uh, his uh, thing. Uh, uh, so, uh, like, uh. being, being a, there's two things I thought that was really funny is, like, you become an X-Men 
by fucking something <laughs> like yeah. and then it's or like you said you you're your your DNA changed so that you have an elephant, but you also have this huge elephant yeah. penis that no one can let go. Yeah, you know? could just be. Yeah, he was born that way, so he's like, I'm an, I'm technically an X Man. I'm a mutant. I've got an elephant trunk for a dick, but I'm here because I've got great military <laughs> strategy, and all, no one wants to talk about Magneto or how they're going to do any. All they want to know are like the logistics of. So you breathe out of your dick, just. All their questions are about the truth. Right. So basically everything that we were just talking about, they can pretty much ask in the sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could make it even. Like, do you have to feed it peanuts or how does this work? Like, it's like Magneto is at the door. We must. <laughs> it's no, like. We just. Yeah. You know the character Beast? Yeah. The one that's played by Frazier. Yeah. He's a, he's a blue guy. <laughs> yeah. Like he's really super intelligent. Yeah. But no one kind of gives a shit because he's blue. Like, well, not, like that would be the oh, equivalent thing. Saying. Like no one. Like they're all questioning about like he's a blue guy but this would be your thing with the elephant yeah, and it did. fits i think with the and one X-Men potential Earth. other game would be just useless mutant power like it's not this oh he's great at strategy but everyone wants to talk about the dick it could just be he's got a dick he wants he wants to enroll at um what's his name professor x's like mutant school yeah right and professor x is just like i don't <laughs> that's really i don't funny. know if uh, <laughs> we can spin you into a superhero like these other guys you know make wind they can shoot fire <laughs> what will you add to the x-men yeah and he can he can give all these you know like oh well if there's a flood i can breathe on it under underwater if i stick my dick out <laughs> Or I can, I can make that. I can make so, you know the trunk sound. Right. Can f- make people think there's an elephant in the room, and that's pretty scary. <laughs> Seems like a way to play it. So yeah. In Professor X School, the gifted, they're like they accept everyone. So yeah. that's that's funny. Not accept him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. on, yeah. We we kind of. That's really to. funny because every like when you pitch these ideas, I find every one of them funny. Well, it's because, <laughs> well, it um. Because it's one simple idea as opposed to four convoluted yeah, ideas. Yeah, I've done it a while. And so, it, like, often someone will have a premise, but then you have to go the extra step to, like, understand why it's funny. Or, like, there are different reasons it could be funny. And so I see a lot of sketches that I think are funny but, like, really broad uh, in terms of the idea they're playing with. It's just, like, generally, if you had an elephant for a dick, it would be funny for all these reasons. And you have all the reasons in here. Mm-hmm. But if you can get more specific... I think you can heighten further, and it's just always funnier. Yeah. Often, this will happen. Like, half, maybe more than half the sketches in class are, like, a good idea, but there are, like, three ideas in there that you can peel apart. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. That makes sense. um, It's kind of like the difference between a premise and a game. Like, the premise is X-Man with an elephant for his dick. But the game is like, what do you? What's the comedic idea you're actually playing with? Right. Like, what is the funny thing you're gonna do over and over? Um, and it should generally be like just one kind of specific thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can it can be hard because then it's like hard to heighten that for four pages, but more rewarding if you're able to do it in a surprising way. Right. Um, yeah, and like my barometer for like if something's a game or just sort of – this feels like they're hints of games, but it's sort of just like exp- exploring this premise. Um, if something – like a game, like page three of a game should only be funny because because of page one. Like 
you like the beat should be building. Um, but in this one, there are things that are funny brought up in page four and three that are just funny on their own that aren't funny because of the pattern we've been playing. Right, I get that. Like bringing up later, like you got to feed your penis is like straight up funny. <laughs> but it's not funny because earlier uh, we've been over and over trying to talk about something else and everyone wants to talk about his dick. Right. Or, what, or whatever, I don't know. We're getting, we're getting deep into it. Right, well, it's it's so funny to me to ever that you ever have to have a serious conversation about that. Like, oh, yeah. Like, well, but you got to feed the dick. Like, yeah. Does he feed the dick or does he not? Feed yeah, um, yeah. I think that's. I re, I'm really excited to rewrite. Like for the first time, I'm really excited to rewrite this there sketch. You go. Every, every sketch, almost everyone is savable. Almost everyone. You just gotta go back to the source, find out what you really think is funny. Yeah, that's a question that. Is I like, like that note. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like what's what's We're actually gonna... funny? It's weird in class. Sometimes I do have to remind people after getting like so nerdy and academic about it. I'm like. These have to be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, the base, um, people will write these sketches, and I'm like, technically, you did everything right, but the premise isn't funny, and so it just won't ever be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a real harsh, it's like, oh. Yeah. But, so I, that's why I always, I never start with like, what would be an interesting game? I truly just start with a first beat that makes me laugh. Right. So I guarantee that much is funny. And if I can go beyond that, then it'll be at least have that first beat did you so have you been this is so topical to bring up yeah. have you been following the ucb grades scandal sort of uh, yeah i i can't tell if it's an actual scandal or not it's very interesting i think it's a bit amongst most like ucb people but yeah. i do think that there's some other schools out there that are like ah you know like i can't believe they're grading things uh yeah and i think when i hear that other schools are like Bleh, i'm i think they're hypocrites because I guarantee they grade. They grade, but it's just in a different. They might not be saying A, B. Like you can't have students going through an, a, a track like one, two, three different levels, and you're telling me these teachers at these other schools literally don't have any rubric at <laughs> all for communicating to other teachers right. their progress. I'm like, come on. And if you don't, why would you go to that school, right? I mean, yeah, and I don't. I think it. it I I don't. The fact that an A and a B. And a C has been the talking point. Like I've li- – until this scandal happened, I've literally never even noticed that after class the button I click to pass or not someone has a letter on it. It just says pass. It's like the button you pre- – you're like, okay, they passed. And yeah. that turns out that's a B. Oh, that's so funny. Well, and the reason I bring this up because I know it feels sort of off topic yeah. right now. But the reason I bring it up is because you just mentioned you got to remember that this stuff is funny. Yeah. And it made me think of – uh, something I read Matt, that Matt Besser posted yesterday about the grade scandal. And he mm-hmm. was like, sometimes I think that people focus – I hear people focus on the art of comedy a lot. And yeah. you should be focusing on the comedy of comedy. Yeah. And I think that's a really good thing to remember because you hear a lot, like, especially in improv, where it's like, I don't care if it's funny. I only care if it's art. Yeah. And it's like, but then then what's the point of the comedy? Yeah. Right? So that's a good that. thing to remind yourself. Yeah. There's yeah. a – it's now kind of like a famous Besser workshop that I, th- I think is written about in either Will Hines' book or something. But I was at this workshop in New York at DCM five, six years ago. Besser does this one, like, three-hour workshop at the last day of DCM in the morning. Everyone's hungover and, like, doesn't want to be there, but you, like, got to be there. Uh, and he was like, so why – I'm not going to do – he's never going to So why do you – so why do you guys do improv? And people were like, uh, to connect, to uh, – or why did you guys start doing improv? And people 
like, ah, I wanted to be more free on stage. I wanted to like build ideas with friends. And he, everyone had all these things. And he goes like, no one did this to learn to be funny. <laughs> and it was like the biggest, most obvious point that of yeah. course, that's like why we're all doing it. Mm -hmm. But it's become taboo to be because a beginning improviser, a huge note you have is like, stop trying to be funny. But at the end of the day, we're all trying to be funny. Right. It's just you're doing it in the wrong way. The way you're trying to be funny is utterly unfunny. And so we have to like unteach that and then teach you like a very effective way to be funny. Yeah, which I think is important. I think it's a good like the I, when you I want to uh, hmm, I don't want to say this with the note you just gave to bring it back to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah so sorry. with no, 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 I did this. Yeah. I'm the one that went on this <laughs> tangent. But the reason I did I went on this tangent was to come back to this, mm -hmm. which was I appreciate the fact that you took the the, the sketch, mm -hmm. um, broke down each individual game, and then said they're all funny on their own. But once you sort of combine them, it's like. It's like uh, – this is from a Full House episode. So stupid. Love it. Uh, it's like I like orange juice and I like tuna fish, but I don't want orange and tuna fish together. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Uh, sure. For some reason, that just made me think of that. And so like I think that's a really effective thing that if you can actually like look at the game specifically, like you just sort of broke down all the different games. Yeah. You can sort of be like, oh, this one's funny because of this. You yeah. could almost write four different sketches yeah. with four different premises. And you could take them. They wouldn't all have to be X-Men. It's just like you could – That nugget of funny or that So I like idea. robbed myself of three other sketches. Mm -hmm. Kind of. But it, then it's the first draft. Then you get right. to go and do another one. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, awesome. Okay. Um. So cool, man. That was great. Cool. Just show me where the time is. Oh, I have no <laughs> idea. Um, but so – It's like Monday. What? Um. Yeah, it's Monday. Oh shit, 2018. Holy fuck. Um. So yeah, thanks for for coming on and, and talking to us about comedy and doing. Oh cool, we're stuff. done. We're swell. Oh my god, we're almost done. almost done. okay, okay. We're almost done. Okay. Yeah. I want. I have two. One more question. Okay, great. Is if you had to get uh, if you had to give one piece of comedy advice to the world, what's the Amos? Oh my. The god. Amos Vernon to the world to the. Or to the your you know, quote to the millions of people that are listening to you right now. Your tombstone quote. Yeah. Oh, uh, is this what I want out of comedy, or like an advice? Like thing? an advice thing. Like you would say, mm. this is the one thing you think people need to fix the most. Oh my god. Maybe I should have seen. This I think. Question I think. Oh my god. I would say it's either. Uh. The, the ways and. Oh my God. To make things that are actually funny, not just I, I that like viral doesn't equal funny. Uh, mm, that's interesting. Yeah, like uh the internet has given the illusion that people like agreeing with you and being like, Oh yeah, I agree equals funny. So you have all these like multi billion viewed videos that are I don't yeah, I don't know what I'm even saying. I know just, I know exactly like, very, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, as opposed to things that like, make things that actually make you laugh. Um, Don't make things for clicks? Yeah, but I get why people make things for clicks. It's, like, a huge downfall of Boat. Like, why we will... Once a year, we're like, God damn it. We just need to fucking make a viral video. We need to sit down, think of a topic, and do it. And we... Uh, We'll start to write it and be like, well, this feels like a viral idea, but this isn't making any of us laugh. 
Right. And then we'll write like the version that makes us laugh that becomes the most utterly like dildo and like dildo crazy thing. I'm tr- we, I don't know. I could talk forever about it. that or oh, I don't know what would be good. Just like smoke a lot of meth. <laughs> <laughs> or, you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here. Even Vernon says meth equals funny. Well, I don't know if I have good. I want to leave you with like a real beautiful nugget of information. That was a great. I nugget. actually think the viral thing is a beautiful nugget. Yeah, I and think... it sounds bitter, but I really do mean it. Just like, yeah, like the motivation for comedy should be comedy. Yeah, like for making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when the motivation becomes shareability and views it, i mean I'm, i totally get why people do it and why there's all that stuff out there's very successful mm-hmm. but it's like but it gets it doesn't make down, good yeah. comedy mm-hmm. yeah and every you're... now and then there's like something that goes very viral because it's super funny and that's awesome like he and peel oh, just often will nail that. it yeah um but they have also a giant platform that and like, some of the greatest writers great writers in the history and of writers incredible production value and key and peel yeah, yeah. so yeah. um but very little else will be funny that's going viral. Anyway. Yeah, and but some stuff does. Some stuff does. And where can everybody see you? Uh, you can um, – to perform? Both. both. In, uh, in any way that you want to be uh, seen. You can find me on the internet. Uh, you can check out Boat, youtube.com slash Boat Comedy. You can go to – uh, UCB Theater to check out Boat now has a monthly show called Boat Goes Electric in which we put up new material we are a house band and we play music uh, you're the house band so, of your sketch yeah, show yeah yeah so we're, we're the, the hosts and house band of a variety show in which we have three acts on so we have like three stand ups usually stand ups and we play like cover songs in between them we're like the real 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 shitty roots okay great um and then we also do like a new sketch, a comedy song, and a new video. We've taken a, a brief hiatus because Nunzio just had a baby. Oh wow! Yeah, this week. Congratulations, Nunzio. Or his his wife. He didn't even look, had I was say, He didn't even look pregnant. I've I know. Seen he, him he, soon. He, like he, recently. Yeah, he got rid of that baby body quick. Um, just had a baby, so we're we're taking a couple months off. But we'll be back with that. And yeah, that's that's about it. See me around Atwater Village, walking my dog. Cool. Oh, yeah, you have a dog you're very proud of. Very proud of my dog. And my cat. <laughs> um, you don't want uh, her to get jealous. Don't cat. want her to get jealous. If Marty's listening, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> awesome, yeah. man. Well, thanks again, dude. I really, really appreciate you coming. Thanks oh, so thanks much for man. having me. Yeah. We I learned a lot. The bed. <laughs> yeah. uh, we need, we need, uh, oh. we don't know how to close the show. Oh. Uh, so we asked all our guests, what, what's the closing line? What's closing that? line is, uh, Put that trunk dick back in your pants. Signing off from Fish Out of Water. (laughs) This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.